Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Trojan fans, welcome to the Peristyle Podcast on a Monday. We're going to be hopefully back on our regular schedule. I'm back from Hawaii. We're going to get a whole bunch of podcasts in for you guys because there's a lot going on in this offseason as we creep towards the traditional National Signing Day. We want to talk about how this USC roster has been turned over already in the, the first couple of months of Lincoln Riley's tenure at USC and how USC's become nationally relevant once again, even without playing a game. Under Riley, we're going to do all that with uh, Coach Harvey Hyde. You can follow him on Twitter at Coach Harvey Hyde, or go to his website HarveyHyde.com. If you have questions or comments for the show, we're going to uh, listen to some of your questions today from voicemails, and I'll read some of your emails and texts. But you can email us podcast at uscfootball.com, or call or text us at 424-254-9141. And if you're listening on the Apple Podcasting app, please follow us and leave a five star rating. Same thing if you're over on Spotify, you can actually. Leave a rating now on Spotify. That's a new thing. So if you uh, like to listen to the show on Spotify, please leave us a five-star rating over there. That helps as well. Well, let's bring in the Coach Harvey Hyde. You can follow him on Twitter at Coach Harvey Hyde or go to his website, HarveyHyde.com. We have the coach on on his way to some foreign lands for some you know uh, well-deserved vacation time. Coach, how you doing, sir? Ryan, I'm doing great. I'm trying to follow your lead as far as uh, trying to work on the job. I'd love to have your work schedule as far as going to Hawaii. <laughs> so I can't match that. I can't match that. But, boy, I'll tell you, I'm trying to, okay? Do what I can, Coach. Yeah, what's the Polynesian Bowl? And, you know, when there's these all-star games, like, sure, I could go to Orlando or go to San Antonio. But I think, you know, going to Hawaii probably makes the most sense. So that's that's the one I try try to go to every year. Well, Ryan, if you need a partner to go with you, somebody, you know, to drive the car while you're doing all the evaluating, I'm pretty good a driver, okay? I love it, Coach. It would be uh, great to have you as a driver. Um, yeah, it was a fun time out there. Got to see some USC targets and stuff. Um, and, uh, yeah, there, it's signing day is a little bit different now because of, you know, so many players have signed. But we got to see those Bishop Gorman kids um, out there, uh, in the, you know, in, uh, on the islands and, and them participating um zion branch you know he looked really good and uh, fabian ross i liked the way he played plus a couple of uh, offensive line targets that usc had um so it's kind of a good you know opportunity to go out and see some of the the future trojans but the the big thing and i called this uh, transfer palooza coach on our tunnel vision show holy cow the uh, roster has been turned over quite a bit and we look at what lincoln riley said after the early signing period he said like 35 players or more there's already 31 players um, that have left the program. 16 out of the transfer portal. Um, nine had entered the NFL draft. Most recently, Ben Griffiths, the punter, who weren't really expecting that. Uh, USC did bring in a freshman punter from Australia, so they'll be okay there. And they had six guys that graduated without any eligibility left over. That's 31 guys, but they've already bring, brought in 20, and uh, only eight of them are through the high school signees. You can probably get a couple more in the February signing period, uh, but 11 pickups out of the transfer portal and just picking and choosing guys. It's like college football free agency. I'm going to talk about the national relevancy of USC uh, because of all of this. 
Uh, but first, Coach, just kind of get your thoughts. I mean, did you ever imagine a situation where you're like, oh, uh, let's go get Oregon's running back, Travis Dye, and uh, let's get Stanford's running back, Austin Jones, and, you know, that uh, all Pac-12 honorable mention wide receiver, the six-foot-one Terrell Bynum from Washington. Uh, yeah, go grab him. Uh, you know, things like that. Oh, Brendan Rice from Colorado, the big wide receiver. Sure, let's get these guys. The kind of stuff that's happening, Coach, I mean, we just haven't seen it in college football before. No, it's uh, no, it's sort of out of control, Ryan. But again, uh, you have to adjust to what you have to do as an individual program. And uh, right now, with uh, uh, the situation at USC, obviously uh, Lincoln Riley had uh, looked at the roster, watched the players play, knew a lot of them out of high school when they recruited, and really did, uh, probably rejected some of them uh, as far as when he was recruiting at Oklahoma. So he knew he had to make some changes and he had to upgrade on the talent level as far as at USC if you're planning on competing at the national level. And I think that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to change the culture at USC. He's trying to bring players in that have played in the big lights, have been in big-time programs, have uh, that are the leader type of programs that have been four- or five-star players that maybe had a problem here or there in some cases with injuries. But he knew there were great players because he recruited him when he was at Oklahoma. So I think he's got a little bit of a lead on that because these players know who his staff is and these players know that who he is. So it isn't a hard decision for them to come to USC with USC having the tradition that it has as far as college football. So I think the turnover is a natural thing. Turnovers like this happen. But again, with the portal the way it is and the transfer rules the way it is, it's a lot easier for a football coach than when I coached, uh, when I went into a coaching situation, to tell players to try uh, to, to leave. Or once you enter the portal, you know, I can release you. Or, or you can go somewhere else and I don't have to take you back. And, and like I've said before on a lot of our podcasts, I really feel – in most instances, it's the best for the players that leave. Not all, because you have some great players like Jackson Dart and players you hope would stay, but some of the players that really didn't live up to the ability of playing at USC and they were over, uh, say, over-evaluated by the past USC staff has now got an opportunity if they want to play. I really think a lot of the players that are currently there now are the type of players that he's looking for with the type of attitude that is willing to play in the big lights. And now they're going through a new program. He has a strength and conditioning coach. That is his eyes and ears behind the scenes when he's working hard as far as in the recruiting field. They report, he reports to them the, the strength and conditioning team on who are winners and who works hard, who doesn't work hard, who are the people they can depend on during the season. So he's doing evaluation not only with the current players that are there, but also in the weight room, the conditioning program, and who these players are that he's currently bringing in. Yeah, Coach, it's uh, it, it's pretty amazing to watch. And I, you know, I mentioned just at the top some of the offensive players that he got from the Pac-12. Also got uh, Makai Blackman, uh, the the experienced cornerback from uh, Colorado. So there, you know, there's a mix of like we talked about there. You know, you got two players from Colorado an Oregon, a Stanford, uh, a Washington. Um, so you're bringing in some guys from rival programs, Pac-12 South programs, powers in the North programs. Uh, that's one thing. 
He also, you know, went into, you know, from Colorado, I'm sorry, from uh, from Oklahoma, bringing in a couple of players. You know, Mario Williams was the freshman uh, receiver. It'll be interesting to see what he's able to do. And, and Latrell McCutcheon, the, uh, the, another cornerback from Oklahoma. Obviously, there's still, we'll talk about Caleb Williams in a little bit. Um, but, you know, bringing in some couple players from your previous program, you know, he's also went into, um, you know, to, to help with the offensive line, went all the way across the country to Virginia, Bobby Haskins. He'll, you know, likely be the starting left tackle or a good chance of that happening for USC. He got a couple of defensive linemen out of Big 12 country, Earl Barquette and uh, uh, Tyrone Tallini from TCU and Kansas State, respectively. But then also just this p- past weekend, Two linebackers from the SEC country, Romeo Height, uh, who's more of a pass rusher guy from Auburn, really is a, is is adept at putting pressure on the quarterbacks, and then more of a thumper kind of run stopper linebacker. He was a freshman All American in 2019. Uh, Shane Lee from Alabama. So it, I I like the variety, coach. It's not like there's a whole bunch of players from Oklahoma or all Pac-12 players, but it's sort of a mix of everything. It's showing that I think the staff is going out really trying to fill some of the holes that they anticipate is going to be on the roster. I agree with you, Ryan. I think the players that are coming from Oklahoma, he's had an opportunity to watch them play and practice. and He knows what their potential is and their ability is. Well, he wouldn't bring them. Even if they wanted to come, he wouldn't bring them. So the players he's bringing from Oklahoma, he knows their ability and potential, and that's what he's looking at, players that can – play at that level and when you bring players in like from Alabama and you bring players in like from Auburn they've been in the big lights they played on the big shows they they played in big games they played in the Southeastern Conference and obviously they were four-star players and they were players that Oklahoma recruited as I mentioned before so they're players that they fit can fit into their program they might have had a a problem here or there a little bit of a problem and because of the depth at Alabama, maybe his turn didn't come. When he did get that turn, he really played well, Allen. So really, I think it's a combination of good players from good programs. And again, you've got to be very careful in getting too many from one program because, again, you don't want clicks as far as coming into your campus, as far as like they had so many players from Texas coming in the portal before that they really don't fit. There's two groups on your football team. You've got to a USC, and you've got a you've got a Texas uh, team. You had two teams on one field. This way, they're coming in as new players. They don't have a bunch of buddies there. They know the other players that are there, obviously, because they were recruited with them. They know the level of that competition that those players played at the same time. So I think it's really good. And as far as the Pac-12 is concerned, you got to be really careful in recruiting players from the Pac-12 because right now you want to recruit players from winning programs and who have played in the big lights. And currently right now, the Pac-12 has not had a lot of players playing in the big lights or on successful programs that are coming to uh, USC, except for the running back from uh, Oregon, who's a kid that uh, I think will fit in because he's played a lot of football, scored a lot of touchdowns, and Oklahoma has played against this kid. So they know what his ability is. The other kids, I can't really speak for them because I really haven't seen them or I can't evaluate them as far as their success. But he has to have no, he has to know who they are because of the recruiting process that went through the period of time, just like when Pete Carroll went to the Seattle Seahawks, he knew all the, who the free agents were and he had to jump on everybody else 
as far as players were concerned because he had recruited them during recruiting. And when he went after a lot of these people in the pros, he brought in a lot of free agents that made his team because he knew who they were. And this is the same type of situation that Lincoln Riley is now at NFC. Yeah, you know, in some situations, Coach, like you mentioned, Travis Dye, you know, he's from Southern California, like a Terrell Bynum. You know, he went to St. John Bosco. So sometimes it's players coming home. And, you know, if they have accolades uh, in the conference, I think that's a good thing, even if they haven't played. But I, I do like the fact that it's sort of been, you know, spread around a little bit and you're getting different guys. Um, there are some holes that I think, you know, Lincoln Riley uh, needed to fill. I think you, you know, you probably still need some help on the offensive line. Uh, but, you know, you do retain some of the the veteran, you know, the Andrew Voorhees or the Brett Neilons of the world. You bring in some veterans back that maybe you weren't expecting. Uh, you know, you lost some, some bodies on the defensive line, some pass rushers. Uh, I think they've addressed a lot of those things. The big one, though, is the quarterback spot. And if you look at USC's roster right now, I just got a text like an hour ago from a national uh, college football writer asking, hey, how many scholarship quarterbacks does USC have right now? I'm like, Miller Moss and Mo Hassan. And I don't think this writer had heard of either one of them. And, you know, Mo Hassan is a you know redshirt senior, uh, you know, played a little bit in the, at Vanderbilt when he transferred in as a walk-on. He's uh, coming off of a knee surgery. And then Miller Moss, you know, redshirted his freshman year at USC and, you know, was a four-star player, was committed before Jackson Dart. Of course, Keaton Slovis and Jackson Dart both Enter the transfer portal. Keaton Slovis is off to Pittsburgh, and we don't know where Jackson Dart is, but he's been taking some pictures on visits with uh, former USC tight end Michael Trigg. But right now, there's only two scholarship quarterbacks on the roster. JT Daniels has entered the transfer portal. Um, some people don't like when we mention his name, but you know he's someone that's out there. Of course, Jackson Dart could potentially come back. Um, you know, Everyone assumed when he went to the portal, it was because Caleb Williams was coming. That obviously has not been the case. This has been dragging on uh, for a little while uh, now, and I think some USC fans are a little over the whole Caleb Williams watch, but USC needs quarterback help because they only have two scholarship quarterbacks. One of them you know, is coming off uh, knee surgery. Caleb Williams looks like the, the ready-made guy to come in. We just don't know if that's going to happen. Uh, we had a question, Coach, uh, over a text message from Sean. When's the last day transfers can enroll in the spring semester? Um, it's... January 28th is my understanding. So we're recording this on the 24th. That's four days away. So if uh, Caleb Williams wants to participate in USC's uh, spring practice, uh, he needs to enroll uh, basically by then, by the end of the week. And so we'll see. Um, we've seen so many fight on emojis tweeted out, Coach, and fans are going, getting restless, trying to find out when it's going to be. Uh, by the time I've, I've listened to a lot of podcast coaches that have said, by the time you hear this, Caleb Williams may have decided. He still hasn't decided yet as the time we're recording this, but uh, any thoughts on USC's quarterback situation? Sorry for the long intro there. <laughs> yes. Uh, no, no. First of all, if USC is serious about its football program, there's a late enrollment period that uh, uh, special admittance for people who contribute to the university. And uh, I would see that. I normally would request that as far as wherever I was, as far as uh, that student athlete being able to get the necessary classes and maybe enroll a week or two later uh, to be able to fill a spot as far as helping the university obtain, it, obtain its goals. And if Caleb Williams wants to wait another two weeks and wants to come, as far as I'm concerned, I would, I would be pretty upset if I was Lincoln Riley and the school said, no, it's too late for him to enroll. 
So, you know, I think, first of all, that's the first thing I'm going to be looking at to see just what type of support the university will be giving the athletic department and Lincoln Riley as far as in recruiting. That goes for any athlete in any sport. I think that's something you have to show that you need to do because some student athletes are a little bit different than a regular student that didn't have the opportunities or aren't being recruited by all the different universities as far as coming to USC. So I think that's the first thing I want to get to make a clear point on. As far as Caleb Williams is concerned, and Miller Moss is right now the starting quarterback, and as far as Mo Hassan is, I thought Mo Hassan had a great spring. In fact, I really liked him as a quarterback. I thought in the spring last year, before he got hurt, he was the best quarterback as far as with the experience and his running ability and the way he threw the football. So it's not that I'm saying that he's going to be the starter and, and if Williams doesn't come or Jackson Dart doesn't come back, that USC doesn't need a quarterback situation, but they absolutely do. And I think right now the thing you have to really worry about is LSU with Caleb Williams. When they decide to go after somebody, uh, money isn't a problem whatsoever. They just got the two starting cornerbacks from Arkansas. Arkansas, as you know, went 9-4 and four and had a great season, and the two starting corners both transferred to LSU. And I don't know what Kelly's doing down there, but to get those type of players, here, they're very interested in getting Caleb Williams. You've got to watch that. Loyally doesn't last forever. And right now, I think the situation is more or less uh, come to now. What can you give me? What do I get? Uh, along with this new uh, portal transferring uh, situation that all the universities are facing because of uh, the financial benefits. So uh, I, would, I would really worry about the LSU situation with Caleb Williams and What's going on there? Uh, I thought that he would have uh, committed earlier, but he's obviously not just doing this to enjoy it. He's doing this because he knows there's what I can get from this. So uh, I, I, I wouldn't have dot the eye yet as far as him uh, saying he's coming if he's still visiting because if he's coming, he's coming. I think right now USC is probably working on a package to – try to put something together for him that's going to compete with LSU or these other schools that are going after him because, you know, uh, blood is thicker than water. And right now, you know, I think that right now uh, Caleb Williams would have, wouldn't have left Oklahoma unless he saw the potential of what's out there for him. Yeah. It's uh there's a lot of potential and, we're seeing big NIL deals and uh, yeah, we can talk about all that, but this is a, this is a big one. We keep seeing USC tweet these emojis. Uh, Lincoln Riley tweeted the, the fight on emoji. And the last time he did that was right before the five-star Damani Jackson, um, you know, signed with USC committed to USC. So I don't know We're uh, we should know in the next few days. And if we don't, then he's waiting until afterwards. And like coach said, maybe you get some sort of extension, but. Right now, Williams is liking the attention he's getting. He's going back through the recruiting process that he had in high school, and I think it's something that kids just, you know, are flaunting their ability, and that people are willing to uh, talk to him whether they, he has he's serious about going there or not. But what they're basically uh, trying to do is accomplish what's best for him. And I think if I was his father or whoever represented him, I'd say who has the best offensive line in the country because I want my son to be protected so he doesn't get hurt, who has a group of receivers where he can fit in, and who's got a great offensive coordinator and a quarterback coach that can develop Williams to the next level so he can be the next Holmes or, or, or whoever it might be. 
Mahomes or, or whoever. So uh, I think that's basically what's happening. But again, I think that USC, as I mentioned, has got to put a package together, and he knows what Lincoln Riley can do for him. He had great success playing for him. He'll be playing under the same offense, which gives him a, a, a really an advantage when you don't have to learn a new offense. And, of course, he'll have some great receivers at USC. So I think, of course, Lincoln Riley and uh, being able to uh, continue with the same offensive philosophy, and he does not have to learn a new offense. Yeah, that's a, it's a big advantage there if he comes in, uh, obviously knowing the system already. All right, well, uh, we got some questions to get to. Why don't we take a quick break, and we'll come back and answer those. Back in a second. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, Coach, um, we have a voicemail kind of dealing with the quarterback situation from our buddy Curtis. Let me play it for you. Hi, Curtis from Moreno Valley. Caleb Williams, um, he's going to hold us hostage. The longer he waits, the more NIL offers come in from other places, and then he's going to tell Lincoln Riley and USC to set up a matching deal. It's going to be very expensive. You shouldn't have let Jackson Dart leave. That was a big mistake. Curtis from Moreno Valley. And real quick, Coach. Um, hey, Curtis, like, there's, you know, if a player wants to leave, he can leave. There's not, a, there's no situation where you can just say, eh, Jackson, you're not allowed to go." Uh, when there's co coaching turnover like this, especially when it's an offensive coach um, that has his own system, it's not always going to work for the quarterbacks. We've seen a lot of quarterbacks transfer, so. I don't think it's a situation where USC – I think USC wanted to keep Jackson Dart. There's players that are have entered the transfer portal that Lincoln Riley and staff have told, hey, you're not going to fit in this system. It's probably better for you to go somewhere else. Uh, you know, We'll help you, recommendations, whatever you want, but you know, it's probably not going to work here. My gut is that's not the case with Jackson Dart. I don't know what you think, Coach, but I think Lincoln Riley would have loved to keep Jackson Dart, but he wanted to leave. No, I agree with it. Uh, I agree with what you're saying. and. Uh... And I know the kid can do whatever he wants. But I think he got his feelings hurt in a way. Really, he's a starting quarterback. He was Gatorade Player of the Year. All the awards that he's done, he did a great job when he played. And I think, you know, sometimes you're, every kid has an ego. Every person has an ego. And I think he got his ego somewhat hurt, thinking that a new coach was coming in and was going to bring his player because he thought he was better than him. And I think he, he wants to prove that uh, I don't know if he's better than me or not. 
but I'm not going to have to go through something to prove myself again and then find out that uh, he's going to go with his favorite guy that, that played for him at Oklahoma and won games for him at Oklahoma. I can understand that 100%. So there's no guarantees, and he's out there looking for an opportunity to continue playing, and I think more or less it was a feelings type of thing as far as he's bringing a player in because immediately that's what the word was and everybody assumed that was going to happen. So I think that what he said is, screw it. I'll go play somewhere else like all these other guys have done. And they've had all the great success too in transferring as far as quarterback. So I think that's basically what Jackson Dart is doing. Yeah, I agree with you there, coach. Um, We had a question from Arizona Jack over email. Been thinking about why wouldn't Caleb Williams declare for SC before now? Could it be that Coach Riley and Caleb have a plan? Perhaps Caleb will choose SC the day before the February signing day in order to give Riley and SC and SC a much-needed boost for some undecided targets. Uh, I don't think that's the case, Arizona Jack, but any thoughts on that, Coach? Well, uh, I don't know. I think we just we cover this pretty good. But they, he, they've got targets at, at USC. They've got targets at USC. Probably as good a targets that they've got anywhere else in the country. The only thing that I think they need at USC is they need home run guys. They need guys like you saw uh, Kansas City have last night, that when you catch the ball, quick guys, uh, they can take it to the house. They've got big, big receivers. They've got route receivers. But you've got to have some receivers that can take it to the house. You turn a 15-yard pass into a 75-yard pass and uh, because uh, of their ability to run after the catch. Uh, right now, I don't know if they have that. I don't know if, if uh, Jackson could do that. I think Washington's a quick guy. I don't know if he could take it to the house. I don't know how fast he actually is, but he's quick. But you've got to have guys that can take it to the house that they catch a football and it's bye-bye, baby, and they start smiling at you, but they start fooling with you. They slow down. And when you come closer, they speed it up again. That's the only thing I think USC is lacking. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that's what's preventing Caleb Williams from signing at this point. But I, th- I think it's like you said earlier, Coach. It's just one of those things where they're trying to find the best place possible. They're going through the whole recruiting process again. Um, I think, and you know, Arizona Jack, I think if you were going to do something like that, you'd probably want to sign um, earlier than the day before a signing period because you know, guys have made decisions, but I, I think if, if Caleb Williams does sign, it will give USC momentum, you know, potentially for the signing period, but also on this whole free agency market, like there's, you know, there could be more receivers that would want to come play with a guy like Caleb Williams. So um, he's the linchpin, I think, to a lot of the stuff. They've had some great additions, but the big one would really be Williams because they need a quarterback. Um, we got, no, I agree. I agree. I agree. I agree with you, what you're saying, because players want to play with players. Yeah. Players want to play with players and make them better. And unless you have somebody great throwing the football to you, how are you going to get any better? You'll never catch the football. Yeah. And yeah, so I think Caleb Williams can do that. Just like a, a you know, a, a top quarterback can help a recruiting class. This is a different recruiting period that we haven't seen before. You know, you're not normally adding SEC linebackers or Pac-12 running backs to your roster in January, but that's what's happening right now. And if you get Caleb Williams, probably get some more guys. Um, Don kind of in regards to that wrote in at what point should college football players no longer be referred to as student athletes? No Porter player portal player has mentioned anything about student life. Only what the school can do for them 
in their football career. I believe Lane Kiffin was right when he said football players will go to schools that offer the most NIL money. These kids and their families have been put in a position where they can dictate what goes on at a college football level. They actually have more power than NFL players. Uh, what do you think about what Don had to say, Coach? I agree with him. I think they are because they're not drafted. They can pick where they want to go. They're a first-round uh, player, and they can go wherever fits them best and whoever wants to give them the best deal. That's why you've heard me talk in the past about a commissioner and separating the college football from the other college football teams that can't play in this type of caliber of money in leagues and competition, and someone to have put some rules and regulations in that work with the NFL so that there is some kind of control on what's going on in college football. Right now, the student-athlete, as you say, student-athletes, that's for people that aren't stars, okay? But right now, when you put a package together, like for a Williams kid, it's a million-dollar package, okay? It's a million-dollar package his first year, and as long as he stays there, what kind of car am I going to drive? Uh, this is exactly what's going on in college football. When years ago, they would fire coaches and put schools on probation for this type of activity. So uh, I agree. I agree exactly what Lane Kiffin's saying. The player is in more control than the program of the coach or the university. Yeah, that's, it's definitely given them their own voice. They have the option to move um, and you know go to different schools. So I think if you're a college football player, you're still going to be recruited by your current staff because they want if they want to keep you around. It's definitely changing the landscape. I still think they're student athletes. They still got to go to class and all of that just because they're not talking about it. That's not the main reason these players are transferring. They're transferring for football opportunities, but they still are going to class. Now that could change. There's been talk about making as you know, like a developmental league where you're not even going to school. I don't think that's going to happen, but yes, for now I would still say they're student athletes, um, but it's a big bunny business. I mean, millions and millions, billions of dollars, you know, and there's, there's a lot of money at stake. So that's why you're hearing all this kind of stuff. Um, uh, no, I agree with you, Ryan, what you're saying, but let me also mention this, that there are academic requirements as far as entering universities. And I don't know if every portal transfer what their grade points are, what courses they've taken, or what te what their test scores, or anything else, or if they're a senior or a junior, do they have enough units to enter into a major that they, that requires that? You don't hear anybody talking about that anymore. So I don't know how much academics is involved in it. No, and I th that's a good point. And I think with um, the the main part academics come in is when you're talking about the academic calendar. Like, okay, to participate in spring football, you. You have to be enrolled this semester. Well, there's a deadline to enroll. So there are academic deadlines that I think people are trying to stick to. And I think that's what's dictating things. And this will probably slow down in the next you know, few days once that ends, the, when you can't enroll anymore. But we'll see it pick up again in spring football time. We, guys like Jay Toya transferred after spring football. So there'll be another period of this when you could enroll in the summer after this semester is over. So the academic calendar is still kind of driving a lot of this. And that's why we're seeing like a, a flurry of uh, people uh, joining new schools right now. A um, couple more, we'll let you go. Steve Levy wrote and said, hello everyone, curious if Lincoln Riley's talked about his design for spring camp uh, and the media and or fans having any access. Happy New Year from Steve. And we have not heard and uh, talked to a source in the program and I don't think they've decided that yet. Uh, we did hear from Mike Bone who said they're going to continue to be media-friendly when Lincoln Riley was hired. We've heard from people that cover the Oklahoma beat that most things were closed and there wasn't a lot of media availability. 
Um, so I think it's different when you're in Oklahoma where you're the only game in town versus Los Angeles where, you know, LeBron James and uh, Matthew Stafford and all these, you know, there's just superstars everywhere that the media can cover. It's not the only game in town. You're, you know, third in the, in the city at best, uh, as far as popularity goes, you know, Dodgers, Lakers, whatever you want to talk about, you know, the Rams potentially going to the Super Bowl. There's a lot going on. Um, so I feel like my gut is they're, they're going to be more open than they were in Oklahoma. How much more open? I am not sure. Um, I don't know. And, 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 you know, for USC on the USC side, Tim Tessalone, the, the longtime SID has retired. Uh, uh, Katie Ryan has taken over and, you know, taken over a lot of his duties. I think they're going to hire someone else to be a, a kind of a different role. Uh, they just hired actually Keely Yor, which I can't believe I haven't mentioned already. Uh, we'll talk about that at like the end of the show, but you know, Keely Yor is going to go over there and uh, you're a director of creative content and she's going to be a team reporter for USC. So they're changing, you know, what they're doing over there too. They're going to have a reporter that wants to report on spring football. I think it's going to be more open than what we saw in Oklahoma, but any thoughts coach on av- media availability for spring football? Well, yes, I do. I have some big thoughts, Ryan, on this. This is a very important thing that I know you have contact with the athletic department and you know those people. I think it's so important that they open this up, the practice up like when Pete Carroll was there. They've got a buzz going on right now as far as the college football program at USC. They've got to open it up completely where people are welcome, where they walk around and they watch all the drills. They become acquainted with the new coaches. They become acquainted uh, with the players. They become fan-friendly. That's what they have to do. Now, anything you do in the spring, I want you to know right now, doesn't make a difference of what you do in the fall, okay? Because he's going to run his same offense. He's going to run his same defense. So if your football coach is going to play them, you're not, you're not doing anything. You're not holding anything. You're going to be working on techniques. You're going to be introducing the offense, the defense, to the new players, and the players that come along that need to be, learn the offense. You need to have the Pete Carroll atmosphere out of there where people are running around and yelling, and the players are going to see this change, and everybody's going to get excited, and the players will practice better because the people are watching them. I think this is a necessary thing to have. You've got to have this to get the interest back at USC. You have a lot of the interest back, but you need to have a lot more of the interest back. You've got to get us out of the sandbox. You've got to have us be able to walk around and talk to people that want to talk to us. You've got to have some faith in the people in the media that we're not going to try to undermine them or do anything that requires all this secrecy and all of this stuff that's going on. The coaches know what's going on. People know what's going on. Let the fans know what's going on. Bring in the people. Let the players get excited. Let the coaches get excited. Have every practice open. And in the spring, have a great, great steak fry for everyone after the game. Get everybody together back in the Coliseum. Invite back all the alumni players and have their normal steak dinner that they used to have, all the players together all the past experiences that were part of the tradition at USC should be back at USC now. I love it, coach. I'd love to see that. And uh, we're waiting. Um, we, we know that they started their off-season workouts about a month early under Clay Helton. They usually start in February. They've already been going on uh, throughout most of January. So uh, they've, they've moved that timetable up. We'll see. We, we haven't got a timetable on spring football, the format, 
and how open uh, those practices would be to media and or fans. So we'll let you know as soon as we hear. Um, one last thing, Coach. Uh, we got a voicemail from Guy and Lake Balboa. Now, Guy, this was like a three-minute long voicemail. You're talking about your dogs and cats and all kinds of stuff. We got to keep them tight. But just the gist of his voicemail was, he said you know, he loved that you used to coach with George Allen, Coach, and he said that Lincoln Riley reminds him of George Allen, who had a, a motto of the future is now. Uh, any similarities between those two, do you think, Coach? Well, I haven't worked with uh, Lincoln Riley, but I think the the answer would be yes at USC. They expect big things to happen. They've made a financial commitment. The fans are uh, tired of not being the best. They want to be who they were as soon as possible. They want to dominate college football, especially on the West Coast. And I think Lincoln Riley is aware of this. Has he been told that? I don't think you have to tell him that. I think he understands that or he wouldn't have come to USC because he's a championship at USC faster than he could at Oklahoma as far as attracting national players from all over the country. So, you know, uh, I think that he understands that. And I did coach with George Allen and he did use that term. The future is now. And I think the future is now. The sooner, the better that you get it back. And that's what I'm talking about. Bring back the Trojan clubs that you and I used to speak at. Bring back the football alumni groups that used to be gathering before the games and after the game. Have parking passes for past uh, USC Trojan football players that are injured. Don't take those away. Do the things that encourage the group to stay together and be who they are and want to be. And I think this is all part of what the current administration at USC needs to find out and learn about is what Trojan football and Trojan fans and what it is to be part of the Trojan family. You know, part of the Trojan family was everybody used to hate everybody that went to USC because they couldn't go to USC and they were jealous of USC. So I think they got to bring that back again in order to be who they are. Well said coach. I like it. And, uh, we'll see, uh, if that's the case and, uh, you know, it's, they want to bring it back. And I think that the comparison is good there. And I knew you worked with that coach before. So um, thanks. Uh, sorry, guy, that we couldn't play the whole voicemail, but it was way, way too long. Um, all right. Just wanted to address something. I sh- should have done this at the top of the show. Um, if you've you know, been over at uscfootball.com, if you're not a member, you can sign up VIP for a, for a dollar for a month. You should definitely do that. There's a lot of great information coming up on all of these players that are being added and subtracted. But we have our own uh, issue with the transfer portal. Um, Keely Yor, so, you know, she's been on these podcasts. She's done instant analysis, done a lot of reporting for us over at uscfootball.com. Uh, she is leaving as of uh, later this week and, you know, joining the actual USC athletic department, um, director of creative content. She's going to be a team reporter covering USC football, basketball uh, for men's and women's. Uh, Keely started with me when she was a freshman at USC broadcast journalism. And uh, I brought her on as an intern and she was the first intern I ever hired on full time. Cause she did such a great job and uh, we're going to miss her dearly. Very proud of her and what she's accomplished and how she's grown. She was 19 years old when she started. She's 26 now and, you know, breaking stories and just doing a great job. Uh, USC noticed that and wanted to bring her on to their team. And so I'm really happy for her. She, you know, she can be a director now. This is uh, cool stuff for her. Um, so just want to let her know very, you know, let everyone know, 
Uh, we're, we're very proud of her and very happy of what she's going to be able to do. She'll still be around, which is great. And you'll be able to see her content over on usctrojans.com. Uh, we'll still get her on, come on our shows and stuff and, uh, and be part of it. Uh, but we'll, we'll continue doing our podcast the way we've been doing it. I'll do a show with Harvey Hyde. Most likely Chris Trevino and myself uh, from the site will be doing a podcast. And I think Chris and Gerard will do one. So we'll probably be mixing up the podcast lineup a little bit with uh, with Keely not there. But we'll still keep doing our shows. I think they'll still do a family feud with like Chris and Shotgun and maybe somebody else. So we'll let you know how that's going to all uh, come out. We're not going to stop doing podcasts. Obviously, we'll keep doing them. They'll just be the format will be a little different or the the lineup will be a little different with uh, Keely now over at USC, but we'll, we'll get around as a guest every once in a while and uh, kind of pick a brain from the other side of the aisle now that she's going to be working for USC. But um, I know you, you liked working with, with Keeley coach and uh, I'm sure hope you wish her the best as well. Oh, I certainly have. I, I, I think I've watched her grow. I've watched her come along. I've told her every year uh, how she really cares and gets involved. And, and she's, she's, uh, she's different. She's in for it because she loves it. She's thorough and she prepares. And I think when you do those things, uh, I respect that. And I want to wish you the very best. I look forward to seeing her over there. And it's going to be great to see her in, uh, in the colors that she should be wearing because she is a true Trojan. All right. Well, that's uh, great stuff. And we'll, we'll have probably two more shows with Keely before she leaves a family feud. And uh, I'll do one final show with her as well. So stay tuned to the feed. We'll have, a uh, bunch of new podcasts this week. I know we went. I was in Hawaii, didn't do any uh, last week. So we did a tunnel vision. I'll have Keely on. We, of course, Coach Harvey Hyde, you're listening to right now. And then they'll do a family feud as well. So hopefully you guys get to listen to all those shows. And the last couple uh, with Keely as a full-time member of the uscfootball.com staff. Uh, but that's going to wrap things up. For the Coach Harvey Hyde, I am Ryan Abraham. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. And we will talk to you next time. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store. 